Hello everyone and welcome back to the Barely Bookish Podcast. Today we are going to be finishing up Peter Pan. And boy oh boy do I have a lot to talk about. So I am joined today with Rebecca. Hey everyone. Uh, I am excited to talk about this with you because boy do these last chapters get dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Some crazy stuff here for sure. That's yeah. Yeah. But let's go ahead and get right on into it. So we are on to chapter, I think it's 12. I'm really bad with my Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yes, you're right. Okay. Chapter 12. The Excellent. children are carried off. Yeah. So right at the beginning, there's just a bunch of racist paragraphs. Oh, yes. It's really bad. It is really bad. Like, they were, like, talking about how, like, their war tactics are, like, tied to their race and, like, how like certain races are more gentlemanly and it was it was really bad talk about painting an entire group of people with one brush like i mean even the way he talks about like white people i mean it's not true of all white people either like i know it's back and forth it's like what are you what are you even talking about you're just like pretending everyone in this one group is all the same and that's that's not true of any group i know so it's I mean, besides being horribly racist, it's just it's just not accurate or like doesn't make sense at all. Like, have you ever heard someone go on a racist like an old person go on a racist rant at a bar? That's what <laughs> felt like was happening. I was yeah. like, Okay. I thankfully haven't heard that. The most I've well, I mean, I've heard racist comments, but I've also my grandmother's ninety three and grew up in the South. Mm-hmm. So she tends to make some comments occasionally. The, it's like the well-meaning kind of racism you know what mm. i mean like oh i love such as you know yeah. uh, it, you know not great either yeah but no i have never heard a a serious like racist rant thankfully but yeah this did feel this felt very uncomfortable to read in fact i skimmed um, yeah i just skimmed over it because i was like i don't want to take notes on this like this is no terrifying hate it so basically, all we need to know is that there was a battle between, yep. you know, the native people and the pirates, and then and the the pirates won, and then the pirates are like, yeah, ready to catch the kids. Yeah, apparently, um, uh, Tiger Lily's tribe always beats a Tom Tom when they right. win. So um, the only smart thing that Captain Hook has ever done was lure them out by beating the Tom Tom so that they thought the native people won. And then Hook stations one man at each tree to catch the kids as they get out. Yeah, and then they just like yeet them. It's like they throw them to this guy and throw them to that guy, you know, just pass them along. like, Yeah. So we're on to chapter 13. Do you believe in fairies? So, yeah, all the kids get kidnapped as they're just being, like, passed in this, like, assembly line. Uh, and then they, like, also gag all the boys. But then, like, they escort Wendy. Right. Like, what? That part is interesting. And she kind of likes it. Yeah. Like, you know, it says if she had haughtily, like, pushed Hook away... Then she would have been tossed through the air like all the others. But she kind of liked being treated differently and like escorted along. Yeah. So, I mean, this is where people get the whole like, oh, look, he's kind of sexy thing because he can be he's he's obviously creepy. 
but yeah. he can be like elegant in some ways and kind mm-hmm. of charming, you know. Yeah, it was so. a very interesting moment, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So apparently, slightly took and like whittled away at his tree to make it fit him without telling anybody. And I'm still not exactly sure how Captain Hook discovered this. Yeah, I I guess he told them? I don't know. Well, no, it doesn't say that he told them. Yeah, it was just like, it was his secret, dying secret, and no one also, knew. it's like he was madly ad- addicted to the drinking of water when he was hot. Well, who doesn't like to drink water when they're yeah. hot? Like, what, what is that all about? Was drinking water not a thing back then? <laughs> I don't, well, no, it's like, I guess he's like starving these children. So they're right. all like frail. Yes. And he was and the only one that like actually drank water and stayed hydrated. Apparently he drank so much water that it like swelled him up. Like that's a little much. But yeah. it says <laughs> he had swelled in consequence to his present girth. And instead of reducing himself to this tree, he had whittled his tree to make it fit him without Peter knowing, apparently, which is a feat in itself, yeah. you know. But, like, also, that doesn't happen when you drink water. Right? I, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know. I just, like, I, I was very uncomfortable with, like, the amount of comments made on children's bodies throughout this novel. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Look, look creepy. Uh, so, Hook... Oh, I one, one thing I did think was kind of interesting is that Hook and Peter Pan use a lot of sign language in this novel. Like, they oh, say yeah. that they're signing. So they I'm like, are they actually using sign language? Or are they, like, just... I don't know. I think it's more like they're just signaling, you know, like people yeah. doing the military or something. I don't know. Using their own signals? Or maybe they yeah. are. I don't know. I do think it's interesting if they are actually using sign language. That would be cool. Yeah, I do like that little addition. Um, So then uh, Hook has the kids, like, carted away to a ship... And then, like, they uh, he decided to go down Slightly's tree. So yeah, that whole scene is just kind of weird to me. Yeah, this whole it part takes so long, like describing Hook, yeah, biting his lip and the color of his eyes and all this stuff. It's just a little strange. I know. I was like, we're really far into the novel to hear about what he looks like. Yeah. And, like the wind rushing through his hair because he took his cap off. I was like, okay. (laughs) Peter is asleep in bed when Hook comes down the tree. Uh, And then here's one thing, because then we talk about how like he has a lot of nightmares and Wendy comforts him in his sleep. There is a line where it says, soothe him in dear ways of her own invention. And I did not like it. I don't know what that means. I mean, I she like probably it. just like stroked his hair, his forehead, or whatever. I don't know. I just like didn't like the wording on that. It made yeah. me uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's like, I guess he has a lot of nightmares for a child because he's immortal. So and also probably because he's murdered so much. Yeah. <laughs> he only gets morals in his dreams. Maybe. Yeah. So. Hook decided that the best way to kill Peter is by poisoning his nighttime medicine, which just to me seems very ineffective. Right, because he's already asleep. Like, the kid probably wouldn't take the medicine again until the next night, right? That doesn't make any sense for him to do that. I know. I will say the thing that was interesting to me is that Hook recognized this medicine. Huh. So once again, I think it's liquor. 
Oh, that's that's possible. <laughs> this is my head cannon. I think that the medicine is like liquor. Yeah. It's like knock these yeah. kids unconscious. So, um, Tinkerbell the next morning told Peter what happened, and Peter jumps to go save everyone, but he decides to make Lundy happy by drinking his medicine before he goes out. <laughs> Which, if it is liquor, not, not a great idea, probably. <laughs> but the other thing, too, is like, why? You know no. that this is a nighttime ritual. Right, and she's not going to know if you take it or not, dude. I know, it seems like very like haphazardly thrown in. It's really weird. They just, uh, the author just wanted to have the whole scene with Tink almost dying. Yeah, I think so. So I'm like, yeah, Tink gets in between his lips, drinks it herself, almost dies, but then in like three seconds, he asks all the kids that are dreaming of Neverland to clap. And then they do. And how does he do this? Does he have some power where he can connect to the minds of every child? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. In this day and age, we, we've talked about this with this book, but when we have to, like, provide, like, rational cause for the magic and, like, yeah. structure for the magic, this is really, like, out of nowhere that he can mm-hmm. all of a sudden talk to all these children at once. I know, because it's like, are they dreaming of him every single night? Do they interact in Neverland? Yeah. Like, how does this work? Like, it's not explained at all. But it works, so his <laughs> his appeal to them works and saves. And this is kind of a it's kind of a cool part if you've ever watched the play live because mm-hmm. they have the kids in the audience participate. Oh, cool. for this when Tinkerbell, the actress Tinkerbell or whatever, mm-hmm. is dying, then the the person who's playing Peter will go around and get the kids in the audience to say they believe in fairies or to clap or whatever. That's cool. and so that's kind of fun. So if you're watching the play live. That's a cool part. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I Yeah, I've never seen the play, but that's really cute. Yeah. Uh, so he ends up saving Tank, which just like, it, this gets resolved so quickly. It's kind of astonishing. <laughs> it's magic. Magic. <laughs> so uh, then Peter leaves to go get every single person back. There's a quick turnaround for Peter today. So then we are on to chapter 14, the pirate ship. Uh, Then, okay, here's the thing that's interesting. They drop the bomb that apparently Hook is not his real name. And then if we went to public school, we'd probably know who he is. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what does that mean? I don't know. In the time it was written, maybe he had someone real in mind. Maybe. Like, he based the character on someone, maybe. I wonder if people would have recognized it'd be interesting to do research and see if there's any articles like did someone recognize who the character was based on at any Mm -hmm. point maybe it was based on someone he knew but it it talks a lot here at the end about hook and his school Mm -hmm. and like how that's been such a huge influence and it's always in his head and he's so worried about good form Uh uh-huh i know but then it's like he literally poisoned a child right like earlier that's not good good form form? (laughs) and this is like you know at the end here that we're being told he's so concerned with good form Mm -hmm. so it seems like maybe it should have been mentioned a little earlier yeah for sure actions a bit earlier 
I know, but I'm like, I guess we'll just throw this in like a little throwaway line. It's fine. Oh, yeah. So Smee also thinks that all the kids fear him because he's like awful to them, but they all kind of adore him and like flock to him, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah. Because like Smee, I feel like always was that person that like not terrifying at all in any movie that he's portrayed. So, right. Uh, so then Hook decides that they're all going to walk the plank. And my favorite thing is how all the kids are like trying to distract him, waiting to see if Peter will show up. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I don't want to be a pirate. Do you want to be a pirate, John? And John's like, I don't want to be a pirate. How about you, twin? And like, they're just mm-hmm. all talking. And I thought that was really cute. It's a filibuster. <laughs> Playing for time. Yeah, I don't blame them. I would also be... <laughs> biding my time yeah so smee says he would save wendy uh if she promised to be his mother and she's like i'd rather have no kids at all and i'm like brutal wendy there you go finally she says something i can get behind yeah (laughs) mood so right as the boys are about to walk the plank they start hearing the tick of the crocodile so uh they're all trying like all the pirates are trying to hide hook right now uh, because apparently they've decided that it's fate, so they cannot fight this crocodile. Which, alright, whatever. So it turns out it's actually Peter ticking, but he signs them to be quiet so he can get on uh, so he can get Hook and get on board. So then we are on to chapter 15. Hook or me this time? So my thing that was interesting here is that Peter talks about how he doesn't realize that he's ticking anymore. Like, at what point do you start and do it for so long that you don't realize you are doing it? I don't know, but I think it's established that Peter's memory has some issues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's gotta happen when you've been alive for, like, thousands of years, right? Yeah. Like, at this point, I'm probably assuming he's at least, like, 100. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, it never really says, but it definitely gives the impression that he's... Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, though, I was thinking about, I was like, is when he went back for his mother, do we think it was actually the same woman or a different woman? Because he says how, like, the window was barred. Who knows? I mean, did did he even... How long was it before he went back? Yeah. You know? And... Because, yeah, he, he forgets people. He for, he has no sense of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. So, uh, Peter starts picking off the pirates one by one. Uh, first by, like, throwing them overboard. Then he ends up getting into the cabin. And, like, Hook just keeps sending people into this cabin. It's like a horror movie. You know? Yeah. It's like, stop going down into the basement. Like, stop... Yeah, you're it's like, dark you need and something's killing your people like stop going in there yeah, you don't need anything in there I know your exactly. laundry's in there but like wait till tomorrow <laughs> I just I think it's interesting too is like this book could so easily be a horror movie oh yes I'm surprised like we said before like why hasn't anyone done a horror version yet I mean I know yeah all the adaptations have a few horrifying elements, but like, mm-hmm. like a serious horror movie with this would be, yeah. I'd totally watch it. From, especially from like Hook's point of view. Yeah. Or even like the Lost Boys point of view. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it's right. Like, I think we all know that Peter Pan is not the good guy in this. Like, it's Wendy and no one else. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, Hook decided to shove all the Lost Boys into the room where Peter Pan is, like, (laughs) taking people out. Because he doesn't realize that's Peter Pan. So he's like, oh, you know, either they'll die and live the same fate anyways, or they'll survive and take Peter out for us. Yep. Which I just think is really funny. (laughs) So Peter found the key to get all the boys out and then also snuck around and freed Wendy, who is tied to the mass. So then we get to the final battle of Hook versus Peter, uh... Because Peter's decided that he is no longer letting this get drawn out. It's now or never. So Hook asks Pete, Peter who such what he is. And Peter says youth. And Hook does not like this. I think this is an interesting commentary. Because it's like this means that the author really wanted us to know that Peter is just not a mortal child. Right. Because like that would mean if he was a mortal child that... Anybody who goes to Neverland lives forever. Yeah. Because then he wouldn't have to kill kids that, like, grow up. Yeah. So, I thought that was really interesting. It is, yeah. Because it's... I also think it's interesting when, like, authors have elements of the fae, but then they also have fairies, which are, like, Tinkerbell. So I'm like, what is he supposed to be in your mind? He's something immortal, but it doesn't really explain. He's just, like, he's become the essence of youth and, like, yeah. 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 Just interesting thought experiment, ripe for uh, retellings, obviously. So Hook is officially dead because Peter kicks him into the crocodile. What a way to end it. So Wendy then puts everyone to bed on the pirate ship uh, because apparently it was like 1am. But like, (laughs) does she like clean, have Peter clean out the dead bodies first? I don't know. And like, imagine the state that the pirates like beds and bunks and stuff would have been in. I mean, I'm sure it was filthy. Yeah. So you're just going to tuck these kids into like the gross pirate bunks? I know. I don't know. And, like, the thing, too, that's really gross is, like, the fact that she was already talking about how, like, everything's dirty. Like, even Captain Hook, who's really, like, pro and proper, his, like, rough, ruffle? Rough? Yes, he's been sweating on it, and it's, like, sweat-stained. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, so this whole thing is just disgusting. (laughs) And you're just like, yeah, kids, I know you, like, got blood and gore on you, but, like, tuck right into bed. No bass for anyone. They really need to get home. Yeah. (laughs) apparently Uh, so then she also held Peter while he slept because he was crying and apparently he like doesn't wake up while this happens at all yeah yeah he doesn't know yeah what's going on so then we are on to chapter 16 uh, the return home so apparently they just stole on the ship the ship is theirs yes and they like sail home, which I thought is kind of cute because I think that's something we always see in Peter Pan too, is the end scene where he has the pirate ship. Right. Yeah. It's like a way better form of transportation, to be honest. It is. Rather than flying for days and eating the food from bird beaks, you know, yeah. you just have your own nice ship. And Yeah. If I was Peter, I'd keep that. Sounds good. Definitely. 
So uh, they're taking the ship back to London uh, just to get everybody home. And then the author starts like breaking the fourth wall again, which I hate. And then he's like, yeah, they're going to be home on Thursday. And if I could tell Mrs. Darling that she... And then he like the author gets in a fight with Mrs. Darling right. while breaking gets the fourth all, wall. Gets all pissed about it and stuff. Yeah. And like, let's just watch and say nasty things in the hope that some of them will hurt. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> okay, why what? did you do that? What is going on? Literally. So, and then they like start talking about how Mr. Darling like sleeps in the kennel right now. To, like, as punishment and he like carries it around to work and everything and just stays yes. inside of this kennel and he's like popular people yeah. like they and i was thinking this is like some tiktok person doing something like wacky and everyone yeah. just jumps on it and so he's like tiktok famous now you know and his wife's like is this still a punishment and he's of course it is i'm not enjoying this at all I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, yeah, 100% TikTok famous Mr. Yeah. Darling. Yeah. So, uh, Peter tries to get Tink to come in. They come in first, and then they, like, try and get Tink to bar the windows so that, like, they'll think the mother no longer wants them, and he'll, like, they'll want to stay in Neverland. And, uh, he, like, does it, and then he, like, watches Mrs. Darling cry, and he's like, Mm, okay fine whatever and then he like opens up the windows again yeah that part's kind of cute because it's like you know he thought his own mother didn't care about him well obviously this mother is like very she cares intensely for her children and like that touches peter's mischievous you know bay heart or whatever and he like has pity on her kind of a cute scene i thought it was really cute and like especially because it's like we don't get a whole lot of like peter growth in this novel like this is like the only really bit of peter growth we get yeah it is and he's like he really wants to have wendy with him yeah and we can't both have her you know but he's he's doing like an unselfish thing actually which is Mm -hmm. definitely growth yeah 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 it was really cute and i was like oh and then so he like unbars the windows and he's like, fine, you can have Wendy, whatever. Who <laughs> needs mothers? So uh, Wendy decides that the best way to surprise their mother was by everybody sneaking back into bed. And then she like totally 100% thought it was still a dream. Yeah. Like did not think this was actually happening at all. So uh, she like wakes them all up and or, sorry, Wendy wakes up, and she's like, Wendy? And then, you know, does the whole thing to all the kids, and they all have, like, this big group hug. Yeah. Which is just so sweet. It is so sweet. I thought it was hilarious, too, how the kids are, like, peeking into the kennel, and they're like, uh, our dad's in there. Like, yeah. did he always used to sleep in a kennel? <laughs> I know, and Michael <laughs> doesn't remember his parents at all. Like, yeah. really. It's really, like, sad, because it's like, how long were they gone? Yeah. It seems like they were only gone like a couple weeks, and then you like think it's probably been like close to a year. Yeah. And Michael was young enough that it's like he doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. So then we are on to chapter 16 when Wendy grew up. So all the other lost boys come upstairs, and uh, they also want 
a mother, basically. And they turn to Mrs. Darling as like, can you be our parent? And Mrs. Darling says, yes. Mr. Darling gets kind of upset. And Wendy's like, you can't turn them down. And he's like, I just wanted to be asked, which is such a dad thing, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, he wants to be made to feel like he's got a say in the matter. And he's yeah. like, you know, the head of the whatever, you mm-hmm. know. I'm surprised he didn't pull out his little counting books and start counting up how Same. much they're all going to cost. Right? That's what I thought when he was, like, mad. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to pull out his accounting book, to how be honest. How expensive these children will be. Yep. So, uh, Mrs. Darling says that she would adopt Peter. Um, she, well, they adopt all the kids, basically. And then she says that she would adopt Peter, but he says that he doesn't want to be a man and go into an office. Honestly, relatable. Same. I mean, for for a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Like, you're literally looking at two creatives on this podcast, so. Right. And the thought of, like, I mean, I've I've had the desk job, and it's, like, I'm fortunate now to, I mean, I sit at a desk, but it's, like, fun work, and I can get up and walk around when I want to. Um, But, yeah, I mean, for so many people, you know, it's not it's not as much of an option. And so, you know, fiction can be that escape. And I feel like the author probably has that same frustration. Like, I don't know what his job was when he was writing this, but you know, for a lot of people, it's like, okay, you go to, you sit at a desk at school, you go to school. And then when you get out of school, you're expected to go sit at a desk for the rest of your life or, or, you know, do some other Mm -hmm. job that's repetitive and, you know, and like, and hopefully you find some joy in it, you know, mm-hmm. but it can be discouraging, you know? And so the, the longing for that freedom of youth is really, you know, the main theme of this. And yeah. Like, yeah. Who, who blames Peter for that? Lo- nobody no, blames him. No for one that. blames him. It, like, I get it. 100%. Like definitely also don't want to work a desk job at all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Wendy's like, where are you going to live? Obviously, because, you know, the tree situation is like, an, or the underground hut has been like invaded. So um, Peter says that he's planning to take Wendy's house that they built and put it up in the trees with the uh, the fairies. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I'll live in there. So then um, Wendy and Mrs. Darling and Peter all make a deal that every single for one week every single spring Wendy will go to Neverland and live and like do spring cleaning which I thought was interesting yeah um and then Mrs. Darling gives the kiss for Peter that no one else ever gets like what does that mean go again with that bit I don't know I don't understand it at all it's so like I don't get it. Like what, what, what can It's that... very abstract. And I would love to be able to ask the author what on earth he meant by that. Same. And again, I feel like he's basing this off of somebody he knew. Yeah. Well, it's supposed you to be like based off like his family, like his friend's family. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, what does that what mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Don't get it. Hmm. So then, you know, they kind of like ramp up the timeline. They tell us that all the boys got settled into school and they lost the ability to fly. Um, 
Yeah. And then Peter like comes to her at the end of the first year and uh, he does not remember who Hook is anymore. And, you know, they like go away for the week and come back, which I just think it's fun that she's getting a yearly vacation. Yeah. He doesn't remember Tinkerbell either, though. And that's like, yeah, you know, it's painful. The thing, too, is it's like he doesn't have a fairy he's close to anymore. He goes, well, there's a lot of them. So Right, right. And he says they don't live very long, so apparently she died. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, too, because it's like their lifespan is based off of children's beliefs. Yeah. So, you know, that's honestly horrifying. Like, I would hate my lifespan to be tied to others. That is an interesting concept like to expand that right yeah into like to expand that idea into some some universe where people's lives are tied anyway listen you got it let me know what you come up with and i will read it oh you should write it add it to your list i I have enough on my list we're gonna like (laughs) oh my gosh there's gonna be two books that come out and they're gonna be like same concept explored very differently (laughs) originated from this episode yes so the next year, though, Peter does not come at all. But in the third year, he does show up and doesn't think that he missed any time. But this is the last time he ever comes. Which, like, what is time like for Peter? Yeah, he's just beyond it, kind of, I guess. Yeah, it seems like like an endless monotony, you know? Yeah. Like, he just doesn't. he's not confined by it. He's not, right. like... He barely exists in it. And it just feels like he could take a long nap by accident and miss like a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Scary. Yeah. So the next time she saw Peter, she is a married woman. Uh, But then they like flash to the boys again. And all of them have grown up with like very boring jobs. And then like the thing that's like really sad is they say something about John not being able to tell a creative story for his kid. I know. I know. I was like... It's like the death of the imagination, you know? Yeah. Like, I know it's also, like, in this time, it was probably, like, the Industrial Revolution era. Yes. So, you know, these parents are working really, really hard. But, like, it's crazy to me seeing, like, these throwaway lines of, like, kind of bad parenting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's, like... It was so common in that time period to not be, like, a great parent or, like, watch your kids at all because you had to work and provide. And it's, like, that scares me. And it explains how a lot of people grew up today. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely affected the next generation. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with, like, this is their kid literature. Like, if someone handed this to me as a child, I'd be like, uh, what? (laughs) Like, Tinkerbell yeah. cussing of a storm. Hilarious. I know. She's so funny. So, uh, Wendy had a daughter that she named Jane. Um, and then they say Mrs. Darling is dead and forgotten. Like, who forgets their own mother? Yeah, I mean, dead, fine, but forgotten. Like, what? Yeah, what? And then, like, it's I guess... That is Peter. I know. Because, like, no one, no one, no matter how long it's been, ever forgets their mother. Right. Unless they were like an infant when she died or something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, but if you like grew up with your parent, like that's not a wound that just like heals. 
Yeah, and I also, I kind of don't, I really don't like that line because throughout the entire book, the role of the mother has been an important theme, you know, and it's, uh, it's almost reducing that. Now, you know, Wendy does live and, you know, she's a mother and then the next Mm -hmm. one's a mother, her her daughter's a mother, on and on it goes. Yeah. But it's almost like after building up the role of the mother, Mm -hmm. that, that one little bit just kind of cheapens it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, she was forgotten anyway. So, like, what was the whole big deal? I don't know. I was like, I don't like that at all. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, everybody keeps growing up in the same house. And apparently, like, Peter comes back, sees Wendy, doesn't realize she's a grown adult. And then Wendy, like, turns on the lights and Peter cries his eyes out. He is upset. This also confused me, too, because it's almost like Peter changes size and age sometimes. Because it's like she stoops down to pick up this this small boy, right? Yeah. But then if he was the same size as Wendy, Mm -hmm. I wonder if he seems different, if people perceive him differently, depending on what their age is. Maybe. I don't know. That makes sense. But it almost seems like, because, you know, Wendy says, he's just my size, and she wasn't sure how she knew that, but, like, she just knew it, mm-hmm. you know? And so I wonder if people's perception of him is a little different depending on their age. I don't know. Yeah, I think it definitely could be. Like, that would make sense. Because it seems like everybody thinks he's, like, the proper age when they're that age. Yeah. So then Jane, uh, Wendy's daughter, ends up going for spring cleaning. And this is, like, something that carries on through the Darling line forever. Like, it seems like a curse to all these children. Possibly. Like, that scared me. Because I was like, this is something that they don't seem to have control over anymore. Like, whether they go to Neverland or not. Yeah. Like, they just have to go for a week every year. Yeah. And it's basically like, Jane is just replacement Wendy. So, does he treat everyone like they're Wendy? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. You know, uh, Disney made a second Peter Pan movie, and I think it is based on either Wendy's daughter or her daughter's daughter. And I've never seen that one. So I don't know where they take it from there. But I saw it, it as a kid. Concept. I don't really remember it much. Yeah. But I do know there's um, a prequel, I guess, to this, where okay. it's called Peter Pan Kensington Gardens. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you get the Penguin Classic Edition, they're together. So I don't know how that happens. Because like, these are like based off a of play. So I, I haven't read it, but I know it exists. Yeah. So, yeah. That is Peter Pan. This book, so dark. So easily to become a horror novel, to be honest. Yeah. But, yeah, so over on Patreon, we are going to be discussing Wendy Darling. So keep an eyeball out on that because uh, that is Rebecca's book and I'm very excited about it. So keep an eyeball out for that. But Rebecca, where can all the people of the internet find you? So I'm on Twitter at uh, RebeccaFKenny1 and I'm on uh, TikTok, just RebeccaFKenny. And I'm also on Instagram at Rebecca F. Kenny Books, and I have a link tree on each of those that'll take you to all the goodies, the books, the Spotify playlists, things like that. 
and it will also be in the description. So uh, for easy access for everybody, but we will catch you all in the next episode and make sure to go check us out on Patreon. So bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Barely Bookish podcast. If you want to find me, I am at Barely Bookish on literally everything. And if you want some more exclusive bonus content, please consider joining the Patreon. You get exclusive episodes every single month, plus you'll get a little bonus episode this month uh, with Peter Pan, so be sure to check that out. Also, you get early access to every episode, so instead of waiting until Wednesday, you get to experience the episodes on monday at midnight so that's fun um but yeah i am at mary the bookish everywhere i'm on instagram facebook twitter twitch i think that's it but all the cool places tiktok also tiktok i forget tiktok sometimes but yeah so come hang out with me um our next book is going to be the aeneid so please read that um or don't read it if you don't want to or whatever you'd like to do but yeah that's what we will be discussing next so stay tuned and it's gonna be a whole lot of fun our logo was designed by my little sibling sarah our theme song is by Raphael crux on freepd.com and i'll catch you all later bye <laughs>